0: Welcome everybody. It's time again for another episode of Sales Pipeline. The only show that'll let you grab your board and surf along as we take a look at the latest and greatest ideas and insights and rumors and uh, with our host Matt Hines who's coming to us from Washington DC today here. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing. You know, I just maybe I shouldn't bring this up, but I have to as a, you know, as a journalist, you're a journalism major. You know, I'm a journalist here at OC Talk Radio. I have to have you address the rumor that you're in Washington to secretly meet with the president, become his new economic advisor.
1: Well, uh, I, I I was going to ask you because you mentioned rumors that you were going to share. <laughs> I don't know if that apparently that's the rumor. <laughs> um, no, that's not why I'm here. But thanks for asking. Okay. I am a uh, I yeah we're I am coming to you live from the business center of the Hilton Garden Inn here, just actually just a couple blocks from the White House. There you go. Uh, I was in town for a uh, an event with Marketo that we just wrapped up earlier today, and. Heading back home a little later tonight, back to the beautiful Pacific Northwest, but not before we get another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio in the book. So thanks, everyone, very much for joining us today. We are here live every Thursday at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. Uh, The 230 Eastern, a little more relevant to me today. Uh, If you're joining us live, thank you so much. we got... Uh, an amazing live audience that we actually do have, Paul, every week. They listen
0: to us live. know. Amazing. I know, and they want they want to know answers, so they tune they, in to, to hear about the latest. They're
1: looking for rumors. We're going to have answers today for sure. For those of you that are joining us from the podcast, thank you for subscribing. You can get us at the Google Play and the iTunes Store. And every episode of, of uh, Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future, is available at uh, salespipelineradio.com. Every week we are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing, and today is no different. I'm really, really excited Uh, To finally get on the show, Manny Medina. He is the founder and CEO of Outreach.io, and we're going to be talking about sales and technology and moving from uh, big companies to startups and a lot of great stuff. So, Manny, thank you so much for joining us
2: today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, We we are happy to have you back here in the Pacific Northwest. It's 40 degrees and rain, as it should be, in March. Oh, my
1: gosh. From what I understand, once I get back starting, I think, uh, Friday night into the weekend, we're supposed to have, like, mid-60s weather and – uh, March, March at our house is garden infrastructure month. This is the time when we're starting to build stuff out. I got spring training on the radio. It's just a, it's a good time to to be had and a good time to start to get outside a little bit more. But I uh, want to talk a little more about what you guys are doing. What, you know, Manny, Manny is running a company called Outreach. They are one of the fastest growing companies in sales technology. And Manny, maybe start just give people for that aren't familiar with Outreach, tell them what Outreach is and what what problems you guys solve for sales professionals.
2: Absolutely. So Outreach is, is a sales engagement platform, and what that means is that your rep needs to con- needs to perform activities every day that includes reaching out to prospects, following up, booking appointments, and moving in through the pipeline. Where I reach that, it gives you an action, a set of action tools that the rep can execute really quickly so they can actually book for meetings. So imagine a rep that needs to make a few phone calls and then follow up with an email and then follow up with a- another phone call. Outreach puts a lot of that automation in place so that the rep doesn't have to follow up on its own he is actually very diligent in, in actually executing those follow up and getting through his pipeline and booking those meetings. So our reach gets you about 30% meeting lift uh, for any sales organizations that uh, that uses outreach and just
1: full full disclosure we are uh we're fans of outreach we've got clients using outreach we actually use outreach now ourselves internally and i can i can tell you just firsthand even though we have a, a very small uh small install of outreach given our size of our company have been very happy with just the efficiency you've been able to generate for us and, and i'm curious you know Manny, i mean you you and you, you know you when you graduated from business school you spent 10 years working in a combination of amazon and microsoft and 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 this is what you chose to do after that and so i want to talk eventually i want to talk a little bit about you know, what it takes to move from Microsoft into a startup environment, but, you know, why this problem? What drove you to this problem to solve with a startup as your first
2: foray out of uh, sort of enterprise technology? So we had a previous startup that was in the recruiting space. And when that got a little bit of funding and we were moving slowly into the right and up in terms of revenue generation, but it wasn't fast enough and we were running out of cash. So there came a point in our, in our life that happened in, sometime in, 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 the, in, the, in the third quarter of 2014, but we were staring at our bank account and we only had about two months of cash left. So at that point, we had a choice to make. Either we, we go all out and, and figure out a way to get money back into the bank, or we you know, we prepare shutdown. So we decided to go build a tool that would allow us to sell our way out of this problem. Now, the four co-founders of Outreach are all engineers and designers. So we, we decided that we're going to go and use our, our engineering and design jobs to generate more meetings, because at the end of the day, that's a precursor for a sale is a meeting. So if we can generate more meetings, we feel pretty sure that we can dig our way out of the problem and and get cash again. So we built a tool that essentially did two things. One of them was it created a a quick personalization window so that we can send a lot of emails out that had a one-liner opener, and that alone would categorize the whole email as a personalized email. So imagine, imagine that with two windows, one of which has your know, compose for you to write something up and the other one that has every, every single aspect of that individual's life, like a LinkedIn address, a Facebook, uh, 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 a Google Plus account, whatever you needed to sort of find some relevancy in, the, in that line that you're about to write and write it quickly so that we can crank out through you know, personalized emails quickly. The second piece that Outreach did originally, or that we did originally before we found that Outreach, was that then that email will get followed up, meaning we will look into the mailbox looking for replies, and if it didn't reply, it will follow up. So we used that to generate meetings, and we had a small team of about two salespeople. And that tool allowed us to book about 10 meetings per rep per day. So very quickly, we went from, you know, from floundering to be swimming in meetings. Now, the problem was that as we were getting into those meetings and we were selling recruiting services, And we were offering sort of like a very high response rate that we'd had for candidates and and using that candidate pipeline to sell to companies. People were not interested in our candidate pipeline. They were interested in the tool that got us into that meeting and the tool that we're getting the candidate pipeline generated. So that's sort of the aha moment after, you know, 10 of those or 15 of those. We realized that the market was not really buying our, our, our recruiting product, but they really wanted to buy that pipeline generation product. So we pivoted the company. And we launched Outreach for sales, and the rest is history. You that know, is such a good to... story. We're talking to Manny
1: Medina. He's the CEO and founder of Outreach, a, a fantastic sales engagement and sales engagement uh, and acceleration platform. And I have to ask. I mean, you know, in hindsight, I mean, obviously, like a good move. You know, making that pivot into uh, to a business that clearly is uh, in the right place, at the right time, and succeeding and growing. I think, you know, the, the origins of Slack, which many of us use for internal operations, has a very similar origin story. I think it was a it was a design firm that was doing design work and created a tool to communicate with each other internally and realize their clients had a need for it. Uh, so in hindsight, I mean, you know, great pivot. How difficult was it to recognize the need for the pivot in that moment? And I, don't, I don't want you to give away things that you may not want to make public, but I'm just curious like you know discussions internally was it a difficult decision was it a scary decision at the time to go from what you knew that you were selling to
2: something that was really very completely different oh it was an incredibly difficult decision when when we realized that the we were generating a lot of meetings I was getting the feedback but cash was not showing up in the bank and my co-founders were starting started to freak out yeah. And they, you know, there was this one call I remember taking from talking to a customer. I talked to a customer, went back to my car. I was in San Francisco and called my co-founder saying how great this went and how this could turn into a business. And they were like, yeah, about that. We are inventorying everything and we're about to put it on eBay. And that was sort of the crucial moment where I had to put on my pitch hat again and pitch my own team about the viability of this new idea. And that was one of the hardest things I had to do in my life because I had to convince them that even though we didn't have any cash and even though, that, even though we, you know, we have to put a ton of effort into turning this into a forward-facing product because the, 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 the previous product was not customer-facing yet. So that, that the biggest asset that we really had was a group of four very talented individuals with a great idea in an enormous market. And that is a dream come true for any investor. We just needed to go and execute. Yeah. And that was sort of the genesis of what of the turnaround. But, but it was hard for a little bit because, you know, then I have to go and actually get some money from investors again. I'm telling them, like, you know, remember that thing that we were doing before? Forget about that. We're doing these other things. Um, and, and it took a little bit for us to get going. But it, it was it was incredibly hard.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. I think that's you know you're opening up the kimono a little bit. To things that not everyone sort of thinks about or has to experience. But I appreciate you sharing that. And you know, for those of you listening that haven't read the book uh, Hard Thing About Hard The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz, you know, it's a you know he shares a lot of stories similar to that, where you know sometimes in hindsight you're like, wow, that business did really well and look at all these great successes and great choices. But some of those decisions are in the moment not exactly easy, and the reality of you know your ambitions versus the cash in the bank that can allow you to do some of those things is I mean that's that's one of many hard thing about hard things. Let's talk a little bit about you know on the extent of that you know going from a big environment like a Microsoft. I mean you were you were there for ten years uh, you know running a bunch of different you know organizations. You know how was it what was it like transitioning from a company that's big that's known with resources to really starting over and starting from scratch in a startup? Was that was that a tr- was that a challenging transition and what are I guess also what are some of the keys you'd recommend for other people that may be thinking about making that transition uh, to be successful as well?
2: That's a, that's a great question, Matt. I, I think the, the, the biggest transition pain that I had going from Microsoft to, to my own company was the fact that at any company of any size that has been around for a while, you have a brand name. E- even if your brand name is not big, Microsoft's brand name was like one of the top five brands in the world. So there was no meeting that people wouldn't take with me. There was right. no, like I was selling I was telling Windows Phone right to carriers, and any anybody was like I, I would email anybody or call anybody, and they would take my meeting. So and the second it, it, that that was not the case <laughs> at outreach, um, and actually that's what the reason why we invented outreach because you have to follow up, you have to find a way to get through the door, you have to try many different people and avenues within the account to actually get a crack. Uh, you know open the door a crack so that you can get in um and that was the hardest thing that was a lot of a lot of humbling uh humble pie that i had to eat there the second piece was that when you're at a big company that is doing relatively well you are insulated from from the vagaries of the market and the vagaries of, of of failure and failure uh that that could that can that can kill you uh, and Microsoft, you know, you can Microsoft can buy a company worth $200 million, burn it to the ground, and move right on. We, we don't have that kind of luxury. So, our, you know, we have to be right a lot more than we have to be wrong. Um, and when you come out of Microsoft, you come out thinking, or out of Amazon or any big company, you come out thinking that you're never wrong because you've seen success around you the entire time. And, 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 and when you go into a startup, failure becomes a daily thing. And you have to get used to it instead of learning how to fail fast, how to fail smart, how to learn from the failure and get back up again, use the failure to your advantage. That was the, the biggest learning that and biggest transitioning point of me coming out of out of um, out of Microsoft into into you know into our own environment.
1: Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean I someone told me once that you know they'd spent a lot of time at Microsoft and went into a startup and they said, you know, the, one of the biggest differences is when you're in a big company you know, you can spend more time focused internally and, you know, you've got enough gravity, momentum in the business. Sometimes that works out when you're at a small company, when you're starting from scratch, you have, you have to focus externally and your decisions all carry more weight. And I think that uh, knowing that and making that transition can be a challenge for some folks. Well, hey, we're going to have to take a quick break here, pay some bills. We'll be back with more with Manny Medina. He's the CEO and founder of of outreach we're going to be talking a little more about sales technology and understanding when it helps when it hurts talk about growing a business rapidly with integrity and keeping your values intact and much more thanks for listening we'll be right back on sales pipeline radio
0: in a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater the only thing bigger is the need for clarity for a blueprint for a guide to what's really working and how about a way to apply it specifically Today, to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And, amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com. Just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle. But in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, Strategies, tactics you can put to work right away like today the loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem and it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide why not download your free copy of the modern marketers field guide it's free heinzmarketing.com just like it sounds h-e-i-n-z marketing.com mm-hmm. All right, back to Matt and his guests from deep within the belly of the beast, inside the Beltway. Inside the
1: Beltway, the belly of the beast. It is It is a nice day here, but freezing as I look out the window and see everyone walking by with their stocking caps. it's. Uh, it may be spring training. It may be warmer weather somewhere, but definitely not here, not yet. But uh, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us, coming back to Sales Pipeline Radio. We have some great guests coming up over the next couple weeks. Next week we will have Jonah Kai Hancock. He is the Vice President of Marketing at Tune, a great little startup in Seattle. We're going to be talking about marketing technology and a little bit of account-based marketing. They have, uh, they're have, one of the most aggressive adopters of sales and marketing technology that we know, and they've got a pretty interesting framework for how they not only evaluate technology but also ensure its success inside organizations. So excited to get, have Jonah Kai. And then following week, we have Allie McPhee. She is the founder and CEO of a company called Stick. Uh, she is integrally involved in their sales process. She is also in, she is also uh, an improv specialist. She's taking classes and doing a lot of improv work. So we've been talking about uh, with the the intersection of improv, startup sales, and the role of improv skills in the sales process as well. So much more coming up on the few, next couple of weeks of Sales Platform Radio. More today with Manny Medina. He's the CEO of Outreach. And full disclosure, we are a Outreach user. We are a happy Outreach user. It's amazing how quickly. You know, once we got it on board and got it integrated, it's amazing how quickly it just became part of our process uh, and part of the way we're sort of helping to get more engagement from from prospects and as well as from customers and partners. It's been fantastic. Yeah, I think a lot of people, Manny, look at technology and you know they want to they see the opportunity with a lot of these tools. But I've also seen people that have increasingly indicated a little bit of a backlash on technology, wondering if some of it can be counterproductive. If there's some technology that people adopt that actually, you know, because of what it takes to use that technology is counterproductive to the results. What should companies be looking for? What should sales leaders be looking for in platforms to ensure they're getting results and ensure that it's, it's additive to their productivity versus versus negative?
2: That's a, that's a great question. My, my advice to, to sales leaders out there is that they should have a process in place. They should have a playbook that has some degree of adoption and understanding throughout the organization before they start getting heavy on technology. Where we see technology go sideways is when they bring us in, or they bring whatever vendor in, and without knowing what they want to accomplish with it, what is that they're looking to lift? What is that they're looking to stop doing? What is that they're looking to optimize? And in the context of what is framework? So uh, many, you know, and pick, pick, pick your framework. So for instance, we we, we recently did um, did some training with uh, with command of the messaging from from force management. And now that gave us a framework for us to start deploying our assets all the way from products into our product marketing team, into our enablement team, into our sales team, and, and etc. Um, and, and that at least puts a little bit of guardrails into how we operate. It, it, the same thing should be done with with any organization, be that challenger or be that you know uh, some some private coaching, whatever you need to sort of create. The persona that you're going after, how they like to be communicated, what experiments you're going to run, and how you're going to sort of get to that customer needs to be in place before you bring any technology partner. The technology is just going to put a rocket booster to your current process. It's not going to make the process. It's not going to teach them anything. What it's going to do is going to make them faster and, and better at what they're already doing. And that's, that's sort of the, 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 the main thing. The second thing is that whatever tool you buy, whatever sort of platform you decide to adopt, Make sure that it has some, some component, some learning component. Meaning, it has such so, so that it it, it presents a, a way for you and your management team to learn from the actions that your team is taking. Meaning, um, if the tool is helping you do X, Y, or Z better, phone calls better, you know, emails better, or assets management better, or uh, document management, or you know, closing pipeline, wh- whatever it is, make sure that you can measure different plays within that within that framework. So that you are constantly improving, make sure that you spend time understanding, you know, what it is that you're doing and why it is that you're doing. One of the most common mistakes that I see um, sales operations teams do or, or sales teams do is that they come in with a very heavy belief, kind of like a doctrinal or or religious belief about a particular thing that they have to do because the customers like to like to be communicated. And 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 it's not until you test it against something else that you don't learn. So the most important thing is that your team is always learning. It's always testing. It's always finding out what way your persona actually sold in adopting that and moving right on. Hopefully that answered the question.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's a, it's a great answer and a great framework. And uh, we will uh, you know, certainly uh, continue to share this up on uh, salespipelineradio.com as well as a great way to think about technology usage and really evaluating those tools and, and how they can be successful for you moving forward. Got just a few more minutes here with Manny Medina, the CEO of Outreach and Definitely encourage you to check out outreach.io, uh, some great resources up there. They've got a fantastic blog and a lot of other resources. And if you go there right now, you're very likely to see a, uh, a video and a promotion for Unleash. Uh, last year, kind of out of the blue, Manny, I mean, you guys created one of the most buzzed about sales conferences of the year. Uh, I was not able to make it last year, but uh, I have yet to talk to someone that wasn't just blown away by the quality of the conference. And it's coming up again uh, in May. I think it's May 6th through 9th. 2018 down in San Diego. Talk a little bit about what people can expect from the conference this year and, you know, who are the roles, who are the people that should be checking this out and getting registered?
2: That yeah, that's a great, that's another great question. So um, let me tell you a little bit about the, the story of Unleash. So Unleash was uh, a response to a need to have a sales conference where a person, a sales professional can come and be inspired and be energized and learn something and take that home. There's no, we didn't see in the market other than, you know, the big, Sort of affairs with booths and, and, and vendors, we didn't see in the market a, 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 something that fulfilled that need, and we decided to go ahead and fill it. As you know, um, this company has uh, a, a few uh, a, a important elements from the Tony Robbins organization, and that helps us sort of hone in well, who, what is our persona going to be um, in, in, in a conference? Right? What, what is that we want to deliver? How is it, How do we want to make people feel? So this year, the, the theme is going to be peak excellence, and, and that is how do you, you know, show up every day at peak excellence at your job? And how do you perform as a rep? You know, your job is hard. You get told no many times. You know, uh, you, you, your commit number may not be the number that you're making, that you're coming through with. Uh, how do you get back on your feet and sort of get back into that peak excellence mindset? Um, and, and peak excellence, you know, covers many things. It's your tooling, your, your attitude, your mindset, your, your preparation, your training, all that comes together into in, in one conference. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, and, and the easiest way is just to go to unleash.outreach.io and, and register for, for the for, for the event. It's going to be, it, it, it's going to be mind blowing. So as, as you know, we, we have signed up the uh, the Navy SEALs to come into training every morning. Uh, and we have signed up Jocko Willink, uh, the author of, um, Extreme Ownership to come and give us a, a talk. And this is, you know, mixed in with, you know, a new outreach, uh, releases such as Outreach Amplify, our new machine learning platform. And, and a and, and number of other things are, you know, that, that it's just going to be, you know, bigger, badder at than last year.
1: I love it. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm definitely looking forward to being there with you guys this year. And it sounds like you guys have a lot of, a lot of exciting stuff coming up. So definitely check out Unleash.Outreach.io or just go to the Outreach.io homepage and you can find more information. Register there. You know, you're talking about sort of peak mindset. I know this is something that you know that bleeds over into your organization as well. And you guys have grown very quickly taken, taken advantage of the market opportunity. But I know that with that rapid growth, I mean, it's important, it's been important for you to grow with integrity and to grow with, you know, with values and maintaining a good culture. Talk a little bit about, you know, what it takes to, to build and maintain an ideal culture, you know, in the midst of aggressive growth. That isn't, that isn't uh, always an easy thing.
2: No, absolutely. And actually that is the first thing that breaks with with rapid growth, if you don't mind it. And, um, a, a couple of, of things that, that I think with it, right is that we, we gather our early team, back when we were about 50 people, and we gather as many of people as we could into our room, and we decided to, to sort of list what are the core values of this company, what are we going to stand for, who are we going to be. And, and you would think that that's something comes from the founders. but I, I, It didn't come from the founders, it came from everybody. And, and the funny thing is that it was a quick exercise. It took about two hours to come up with five core values, the initial five core values that we came up with. And, and after that, what what happens is that those core values need to be discussed, need to be tested, need to be challenged, and that needs to be a point of conversation at all times. So every you know every time that we get into an all hands, it's always a question around the core value, and I initiate a conversation across the company And well, what does that mean. So for instance, one of our core values is grit. But grit, you know, sounds great, and it sounds it's like something you would do when you're passionate about a long term goal and you go after it. On a, on a regular basis with a lot of energy and enthusiasm. But grid can also break things, can also, you know, drive the wrong behavior. So, for instance, you know, many times our, our support team or, 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 um, or, or a customer success team will, will do something that is on the platform that is not quite right, but it solves the customer problem by gridding it out. Yep. And, and instead of sort of like taking that, you know, well, you know, the problem statement and bring it back to our product so we can actually go ahead and solve it, Grid can also sort of, you know, cut the other way. But recognizing, you know, when, when a cultural or, a, you know, when, when a core point of view sort of cuts both ways is when that point becomes real. You know what I mean? When it starts being dogmatic and something that the CEO says all the time so that you can feel good about yourself, but you actually, like, go and do it. So, for instance, another core value for us is diversity. But so we don't just talk about it. We go and measure it. You know what I mean, and then we talk about the company of like how many, how many you know diverse candidates are we bringing into the pipeline, and are we feeling good about that pipeline? How many diverse candidates do we have on the seat? How many diverse candidates are doing well? How many diverse candidates are in management? So, so you know, having women and and people of color, and and, and making sure those people are being successful here, are being recruited, and are being placed. That's how you actually live the core value of diversity. So that's that's sort of the the, the bottom line is that like for you to, to to really live the core value, you have to test it. You have to put it in front. You have to discuss it. You have to sometimes even disagree with it um, and measure it, most importantly.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, we've covered a lot of ground here today. We're going to have to wrap up here today's episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. I want to thank our guest, Manny Medina. He's the CEO of Outreach. Learn more about him, the company, the conference, Unleash at outreach.io. We will have a recording of this uh, uh, episode on demand at salespipelineradio.com in the next couple days if you want to listen to this again. Uh, appreciate the candor and the openness for a lot of a diverse set of topics today. So thanks again to Manny. We will see you all here next week, again, live, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern, with Jonah Kai Hancock for Tune. we talk about marketing technology and uh, a framework for evaluating the success of technology in your stack moving forward. For today, for my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks so much for joining us. Sales Pipeline
0: Radio. You've been riding along on the Sales Pipeline. And we good friends at Heinz
2: Marketing on the Funnel Radio Channel for at-work listeners like you.